It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about... Fin it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny, uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great place, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and are dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello, welcome back to Generation Skywalker, and this is the April edition of The Modern Way. Uh, who is with me tonight? Uh, first up, we've got Cy. Evening, Cy. Stuart. How are we, my friend? I'm all right. How are you? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, we're also with Craig from Generation Skywalker. Evening, Craig. How you doing? I'm all good, buddy. we got Mark. Evening, Mark. Good evening, chaps. And as last month, we have Dan Burgess back with us. Good evening, Dan. Good evening. A man, a man, a man, a man. Well, I, I was about to say it's been a month since we last spoke, but actually it's been the, the Modern Way, the first ever episode of The Modern Way. It was the first show we ever recorded. So it's been well over two months, actually, since we recorded one of these shows. And so much has happened in that time. I'm going to come over to you first, Mark, because I just want to play this little clip at the beginning of the last show. Now, Mark, do you dabble in modern? Uh, I, d I don't, mate. I haven't got a single thing. In fact, I don't even know why you've asked me to do this, because <laughs> I can't stand the modern stuff. So, Mark, on that bit, we heard you say there, um, I don't know what I'm doing here. I hate all modern. Do you remember saying that? I do. Then over that course of that show, you decided you were going to buy the 40th anniversary ProBots. You were going to uh, maybe get involved in a bit of Hot Toys, quite like the Mandalorian run of figures in the Black Series. Have you ordered or pre-ordered anything, Mark? Anything I have, modern? I have. I've, I've, popped my, uh, I've popped my modern cherry. <laughs> um, I've gone for a ProBot. There's something about that. There's two things that I absolutely love from the trilogy, and that's the ProBot and the Twin Pod Cloud Car. I don't know why, I just love those two things. Yeah, I, I, I decided to go for a Black Series ProBot. See, now you're going to have you're going to have another issue now, Mark. Have you seen the? Um, I think it's a Disney Elite ProBot. Yeah, Craig showed me a picture of one today, and it does look really <laughs> good. <laughs> 
a sense of focus coming on. I think it looked really nice alongside that other one. Yeah, I've got, I've got the same predicament. I've pre-ordered that Black Series one, and now I've seen the Elite one, and now I'm like, oof. I don't um, think there's anything wrong with both. <laughs> can't have enough ProBots. I've got a funny feeling Sideshow did a ProBot as well, Mark, which was really nice. <laughs> I've got a feeling I saw it at Celebration London. Yeah, they did, and it came with sound effects. Like, yeah, you have got to do a focus. From Empire Strikes Back. Now, how cool is that? And it came on a really cool base. I have to say the base for the Black Series one's relatively similar. It's got like a snow base with a clear tube on it, and it looks cool. But the, the Sideshow looked fantastic. I was tempted, but I just hadn't got that sort of money floating around at the time question for you that probot the black series one has got the empire logo on it is that the first time the empire logo has been used on anything that isn't kind of a retro tribute to the vintage line toy wise i would yeah. probably say so the first time i've noticed yeah it, but they, they did do a key ring i did have a key ring with that logo on and it was a new one it was a, a new release from the past sort of two or three years ago uh, but that's the only time i've ever seen that logo used on anything other than the kennel line well i I think it's brilliant, Mark, that you've uh, dangled your uh, tootsies in that water, and um, hopefully, over the months, you just just get inspired to buy more modern because of this show. I, I've got I've got a feeling, mate. There's a, a hot toys <laughs> layer bass pin in the in in the park, and I really do. Yeah, it's funny actually. Um, I was chatting to Grant today, and uh, we were looking at that, and two hundred dollars. It's a good price for a hot toys. Good price. I just think the facial expression is just masterpiece i agree with you yeah we were we were only talking about it today and um because he's, he's just pulled the trigger on one i was just thinking oh fancy buying another one but did open her up i've already got a layer but 169 pound mate i've got it on my screen now 169 pound that is that is good value for money that is and we also noticed that in one of the photos it looks like there's a hand at best bin which isn't actually a hot toy at the moment so whether that's a teaser maybe something to get with it well i've got uh, an Empire Strikes Back uh, 40th anniversary piece of art coming out for, with uh, Acme next month. So I've got a feeling that with a couple of these figures in the front of it will look very, very nice. Thank you very much. You teased it on the last show, actually, Mark. Does sound great, mate. Does sound great. Craig, have you uh, treated yourself to any modern? You know, I haven't. I haven't bought anything. I think the closest modern thing that is relevant to this conversation or not was the audiobook of. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker, the expanded edition, which I spent some money on. But other than that, no, I haven't bought anything. I mean, since we've been doing this and since we've been discussing, you know, the hot toys in particular, I, do, I have developed an itch that <laughs> I, I kind of want to scratch, but it's an expensive itch to scratch. You know how one of the biggest criticisms of the sequel movies has been that, you know, the big three, Han and Luke and, and Leia never got to share screen time together. I, and I'm thinking those, uh, the, the sequel versions of have Han and Leia and one of the Lukes together on a shelf with their arms around each other might kind of redress that balance. Oh, sounds nice, mate. Sounds nice. And you're right, because I am. Um, I always used to have this when I was on Vintage Rebellion that we would talk about something that month and I would end up buying a few bits. And you talk about hot toys. Since the last show, I have added two hot toys, a Dooku and a Return of Jedi Stormtrooper, but they're just so nice. You know, as soon as you start talking about something, it, it does tempt you. But you're right, it's the investment on them. I think Mark just said it, it's dropping that sort of cash. But they are lovely and I've been stung £50 customs both times for both those figures still haven't learned a sigh now you've voiced buying modern bits and pieces or pre-ordering i do i have but not <laughs> hot toys i i can't i can't bring myself to spend that sort of money on a, on a modern piece although i saw that lando skiff 
and I don't know if that's Hot Toys that's or side what. Sideshow. Sideshow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Just fantastic. I need that now. Really, really need that. I think it's going to happen at some point. But on the more affordable end of the scale, I too have pre-ordered the ProBot, because how can you not? And the next wave of retro figures, because I like them. I don't care what they say. I think they're great. I collect vintage, so why wouldn't I like those as well? Just a bit of fun. And also the Power Droids. I don't buy the vintage collection because they tend to mix the prequels with the sequels and the original trilogy and if I'm collecting something I sort of want to collect the whole range and I really don't want half the vintage collection figures but the power droids I love that little guy so I've ordered him as well nice we're going to come on to them a bit later on but um, yeah interesting line be interesting to see what everyone's opinions of them are I've got I've left Dan till last because Dan it seems with all lockdown and everything it seems forever ago that you went over <laughs> to the States and uh, ended up going to Galaxy's Edge what kind of product is out there and what did you pick up if you're a Star Wars fan it is it's nuts and you know you can't I can't say enough about it it's, it's everything you, you'd want it to be and you kind of all the sights and sound they've got um they've got speakers blasting out with tie fighters flying over and 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 x-wing you're kind of looking up and looking around looking for these ships in terms of the merchandise that's available in there everything in there is kind of in universe so it's not like you can buy a t-shirt with star wars printed on it it's all it's all in universe stuff so you've got you know the toys in there as if if you if you lived in that universe that's what you you, you play with they've got like the the marionette stormtrooper wooden stormtroopers i think jen s who's got a beginning of uh rogue one um they've got um salacious crumb puppets with a little handle on the back and you can move his head around and, and he can chat away and then you go into other areas and there's a bit more specialist there's a, a lightsaber making area I, I didn't get to go in that i'm saving that well, hopefully for October when I go to Florida with my son, I'm going to do that with him. And there's also a droid building um, shop as well. So you go through and there's a conveyor belt of all different droid pieces, different color arms and legs and heads. And you can create your own droid and buy little chips to create personalities for him. So I, I had a look through the, the window at that and it looked pretty cool. The main bazaar area, though, is, is, is great. They've got um, kind of brass statues. This is all stuff I don't think you can buy outside of the park. So they've got brass statues of characters that look brilliant. They've got authentic lightsabers, FX lightsabers more or less but real real nice ones and i think they're about i think they're only about a hundred dollars each you can buy the blades to attach to them as well yoda's walking stick was a random one that we saw which is quite funny did you buy yourself anything i bought I, there's there's um they've still got the old star star tours right there and they've re they've re, redone that now it's a new version i don't know if you ever went on the old one um they've now revamped it into a rise of skywalker ride and when you come off of that there is a general store it's kind of a star wars store and i bought a t-shirt all dipping our toes in modern by the sounds of it especially that massive modern collector mark which was a <laughs> no surprise right so we're going to do what we always do on these round tables and that is five topics leia had been the one to damage the tree she'd swung for luke with her lightsaber and missed slashing into the tree trunk instead this tree had been healing itself for more than two decades oh luke I hope I'm doing this right, she thought. Leia was no Jedi Master, but she had learned from the best. And not just from Luke. Over the years, she'd occasionally heard the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi through the Force. And even more rarely, that of Yoda. So let's go over to topic one, because... After 43 years of creating 
some of the most iconic Star Wars toys and vehicles, uh, Mark Boudreaux has announced he is retiring. And um, I'm sure we all understand how much of an impact he has had on the Star Wars universe. And it's been so essential in bringing us the, the toys all the way from Kenner through Hasbro. Um, he joined Kenner in 1977 and he's had a hand in every single Millennium Falcon toy that's ever been produced since. So we're just going to give a bit of love in to some of the iconic ships and stuff that he he did design. Um, now, we're going to talk about the Falcons uh, last, but some of the stuff that stood out to me that he was synonymous with, and that was, first of all, the mini rigs, the vintage mini rigs. Now, I know we're a modern show here, but I thought the mini rigs, you can't overlook them because he was part of that that team that came up with this great idea to have to have ships or vehicles that weren't on screen. Mark asked you to have a little look at the mini rigs um, just to give us a bit of a, an overview of these ideas and why they came up with them. Firstly, who doesn't love a mini rig? I mean, they are fantastic. I have really quite vivid memories of these things growing up. The great thing about them, and one of the initial sort of reasons why Kenner decided to create the mini rig line, was uh, number one, plastic price uh, at the time was skyrocketing. They'd only got the bigger ships, so X-Wings, TIE Fighters, Sand Crawlers, stuff that utilised a lot of plastic and also were quite expensive on the uh, on the retail market, the retail side of things. They hadn't got anything really small that they could pitch at, say, uh, I think they originally came in at about two or three times the price of an original Star Wars figure. So it was well within the sort of realms of um, being able for, for a child to save up a month's pocket money, say, to be able to buy one of these things. I think the brief given to Mark was try and create something that looks as though it could be on screen, but it was never in shot. I think he absolutely nailed it. Every single one of those designs looks very Star Wars-esque, very Star Wars-esque, without having sort of Ralph McQuarrie or any other uh, production designers input um, if you look at his sketchbook, if you get the chance to sort of look this up and have a look at some of the sketches he came up with, absolutely amazing, real eye for detail. And he, he completely got Star Wars. He understood what uh, play value, what would fit within that universe, how kids were playing with and interacting with action figures. So uh, he, he absolutely knocked it out of the park with the mini rigs. The first range sort of hit in 81, so on the uh, release of Empire just after Empire. So the first three were the MLC-3, which was the little tank. Uh, I think it stood for Mobile mobile Laser Cannon, that was it. MTV-7, which I had as a kid, pushed it down and it had uh, springy wheels on it so you could push it over rough terrain. And uh, one of my personal favourites is the PDT-8, which I believe is one of the most sought after and hardest to find of the mini rigs, which was uh, personal deployment transport, personnel deployment transport, I think was the right thing. And it carried two figures and had two jets at the side and uh, was able to sort of take off vertically. It was a really cool little design and, like I say, just fit perfectly with the rest of the, the line and the designs. And then he went on to do the uh, INT-4, which coolly sat inside. There's a shot on the box of the actual thing sort of sitting inside an attack, even though there was no device inside the attack to keep it solid inside. But I just thought that was a cool thing to do, to have something that looked as though it came out of the attack. And also the Cap 2, which was another favourite, and I hunted high and low for that as a kid and never found one in the shop. And I wish I had it done because I always remember looking at the box 
on the other mini rigs where it showed you what you could get and thinking, God, that looks so cool. You could stick it to the side of a, uh, you know, a smooth surface and it would stay there and it had the ability to have a figure captured at the back. It was a cracking thing. And then onto Jedi, the mini rigs were absolutely brilliant sellers for them at the time because of the way they were pitched and the price point. Kids absolutely loved them. Uh, then they went on to do um, AST-5, which was the uh, orange ship that had wings that folded round, and the ISP-6, which was a small shuttle, which, again, is another tough one to find, I think. And uh, then slightly bigger was the Endor Forest Ranger. Another cool one was the Desert Sail Skiff, which was like a one-man sail skiff. And again, they took the sort of design of the sail skiff and reduced it down and, and added a little sail at the top and they took elements from it and it just fit perfectly. Really talented guy. Very thankful that he came up with those because I thought they were fantastic. You are unwise to lower your defenses. There is no way of knowing when the dark side may rise up again. During the hours of darkness, the Empire could be refueling for the attack. Will the armored Sentinel transport vehicle be ready to retaliate before it's too late? Will the rebel force be strong enough to deal with the Imperial stormtroopers? Only you can decide with Star Wars toys. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't love the old mini rigs. It was such a, a such a great affordable way of getting a vehicle, wasn't it? But staying on the mini rig type thing. So we, we went through the vintage toys and whatnot. And then Mark Boudreau was, was, was working on a, a whole host of uh, different toy lines. It's well worth going and checking out a few of his um a few of the interviews now with him because some of his work outside of Star Wars was quite incredible as well. But the power of the Force 2 line came along and they started reissuing the ships and whatnot. One of the first new designs of a ship which he was behind was the cruise missile trooper. You might look at this and think it's an unnecessary idea but does possess a bit of charm and um, that's why I'm giving it to you Sai because I do know you love a bit of power of the force and I'm hoping you're going to give this uh, the loving it deserves. I'd love to give it some loving. I really do, because as you said, I do have a bit of a soft spot for Power of the Force too, from nostalgia point of view and from the sculpts when they got into the, the freeze frame era. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. And the vehicles, well, how could you not love the vehicles? Because they were mainly from the moulds of the OT stuff. But the cruise missile trooper, yeah, no, not really. No, I, I don't. That's got no kind of soft spot. That has not got a place in my heart that's with the eu stuff i'm just going to stop you for a sec it is is it eu stuff because it's it's not no but it should be but you like the mini rigs yeah uh i like the mini rigs for the same reason that mark likes the mini rigs because for poor poor kids like us not like you rich kids too uh that was about the only vehicles you got so you spent your whole time boinging the mtv7 up and down and the sales gift was pure genius Strictly speaking, the cruise missile trooper is an expanded universe because the only place it ever appeared in the Star Wars universe was as a Power of the Force 2 vehicle. So it, it had no basis in any of the Star Wars universe. I suppose you could therefore say the same about the MTV7 and the like, but it, it really didn't. I was doing a bit of reading on it, and I think it was in Star Wars Insider 113, one of these holocron Jedi master master of cannons decided that it was going to be part of star wars canon and wrote up this little thing about it and it, it was discussing oh you know like tie fighters it's equipped with two iron cannons and it's got twin engines and it's got this that and the other and but unlike the tie pilot apparently the pilot was fixed from the waist down well, he was he was part of the vehicle. That I no, I can't buy into it at all. It's it's a funny little dart shaped 
pointy thing with not even half it's like the 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 chest and above of a some kind of pilot stuck in it i'm not even sure i understand why they produced it It, it's not like it was the 70s oil crisis plastic shortage skyrocketing prices all the rest of it there were the speeder bikes were already out by this stage you had little ships you had the budget end you had the land speeders which were only what about 9.99 new or something like that so there wasn't there wasn't really the requirement for it well actually called imagination sire imagination dan if it was imagination is that the best you could come up with this is the guy that 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 created you know the the cantina playset and the the millennium falcon as a toy and all the rest of it don't tell me that's what he could come up with did you know the cruise missile trooper was the spearhead of the imperial navy yeah apparently they assaulted so. apparently. the rebel alliance military outpost yeah they yeah, launched yeah, the bombing yeah. bays of imperial star destroyers that's in groups right. of 12 that's right as opposed to the tie bomber or the tie fighter or the TIE Interceptor, or any other of the attack craft they had, they apparently launched these things, driven by, I don't know what, are they half androids? Are they all androids? I don't even know. Why have a pilot in there? You don't need a robotic figure of a pilot in there. If it's controlled by computer, let the computer control it. Is he a robot? Well, he was fixed from, he was part of the craft from the waist down. Yeah, well, R2-D2 was in the vintage X-Wing. But no, he wasn't. You're not having no, a pop on that, are you? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Oh, the vintage X-Wing, I see what you're saying. No, that's different, though. What I'm talking about is in real life, Stu, in real life, when these are launched from Imperial Star Destroyers, these <laughs> pilots, they, they're fixed in permanently. R2, in the in real life, he could pop back out again, couldn't he? These were fixed in, in real life, yeah? Yeah, yeah. in real life. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Mr. Boudreaux. Not so much loving after all, hey? <laughs> <laughs> I should well, add. Yeah. I should add. In my humble opinion, now I've I've read a few interviews with um with Mark Boudreaux planning for this show, and I think one of his outside of the Falcon, his biggest passion was creating Jedi starfighters. So I thought um I'll let Craig run with this, and I'm aware Craig got some quite interesting information on that. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, to go from one little single fighter or half fighter craft, pointy shaped little uh, arrowhead thing. To another, really, and if he really did have a passion for um, for creating those, maybe that's kind of evident in the uh, in the cruise missile trooper when you when you think about it, because that predates predates the uh, the prequels where the uh, the Jedi starfighter appeared. But yeah, looking into this, you know, obviously the the, the ships themselves featured from uh, Attack of the Clones through the Clone Wars into um, Revenge of the Sith, and there were three distinct versions of the uh, of the, the Jedi Starfighter that, that kind of indicate that evolution uh, to the sort of TIE fighter shape, um, which is where they were obviously heading. So you had the first one, the Delta Seven, uh, which has the, uh, it's like a scaled down Star Destroyer. When you look at the shape, you can see where, where the thinking has come from. Um, and that's got the little astromech just off to the side of the cockpit. And then the, uh, the Delta Seven B has the uh, astromech in front of the cockpit that was featured more in the Clone Wars. Uh, and then by the time you get to um, Attack of the Clones, you've got the, the Eta 2, which is the one with, uh, with the sort of distinctive uh, TIE fighter window shape at the front and the, the wings that spring out like the uh, to, to evoke that shape of, uh, of the old Darth Vader TIE fighter. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of stopped collecting around the Attack of the Clones era of, of this kind of modern line. So it wasn't something that I was had any intimate knowledge of. But looking into it, you know, there were so many versions. 
the later one, Revenge of the Sith version, any, anyone got any idea how many separate releases of this toy were made? Ten. Ten is a good guess. I really want to say, I'm going to guess mm, 22, Craig. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that's absolutely <laughs> on the money. <laughs> 11, 11 different versions, two distinct moulds, 22 separate releases, five exclusive versions, six different astromechs, which I find staggering for uh, for that type of ship, which I don't consider to be like as iconic as something like Falcon or a TIE fighter. But they had, you know, versions for uh, Mace Windu and Fisto. There was one that came with the hyperspace ring, which I always thought was one of the more interesting uh, elements of this particular uh, ship design is that they weren't fitted with with hyperdrive. So they had to think about how they would, you know, help tell the story, getting characters from A to B in a quick in a quick time. So they created they had the hyperspace ring. But there was only one version of the toy that, um, that that came with that. As toys, they're pretty they're pretty simple. I mean, they do follow that kind of mini rig kind of couple of features opening cockpit i think they all came with retracting landing gear where would we we be without ships that you know didn't have retracting landing gear uh, and firing missiles and a bit like the uh, the poor old cruise trooper half man pilot thing the astromechs were all kind of in there certainly the, the first couple of versions it was just a little rotating r2 and then they had this sort of little bust little kind of head and shoulders that would sort of slot into the thing if you took it out it's got a bizarre little kind of toby jug version of r2 I think it's my favourite ship from the prequels. I know yeah. not a lot to pick from, but <laughs> none of the designs I don't think are as good as the original trilogy, but I think it's my favourite. Yeah, I just find it a bit of a bugger's model, really. I mean, sort of where they're trying to evolve these things from one thing to another and it's the half point between the morph. You know, it's not. it doesn't have the beauty of something like the Naboo Starfighter. Episode 2 action figures give you the power of the Jedi. Jango Fett in his Slave 1 launches a sneak attack. Your Jedi Starfighter blasts from flight to fight mode and fires, but Django escapes. As Obi-Wan Kenobi used force-flipping action to leap into battle, but Darth Tyrannus is no pushover. Django Fett takes out Mace Windu. You can use the force to summon a lightsaber into Obi-Wan's hand. Missile deflected. It wasn't just, obviously, the vehicles that he had his hand in either. Now, Dan, my son was into these when he was young, and they're great, 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 great toys. He played an enormous part in the design of the Galactic Heroes range, which they, they go for good money now, actually, if they're boxed still. There's some, some great sets. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I thought I knew, I, I know a little bit about everything, but I didn't realise how big this line was. I think when, when Harrison was younger, I bought him uh, one Christmas, I think I bought him a TIE fighter, Darth Vader's TIE fighter and Luke's X-Wing, like a box set. I think it was from Mother Care or Mamas and Papas or something that was sharing it at the time. And I thought, you know, I've, I've seen on the back of the box there was a Falcon and an Atat, and I thought that was it. But you look through the list of stuff that's here, there's literally hundreds of figures, loads of different vehicles and play sets. And it started all the way back in 2002, ran to, for 2010 there's tons of it tons of it i don't know how much of it was released in the uk but it's, it's quite an expansive range and i don't want to jump ahead too far i know we're going to talk about some toy fair stuff but it looks like it's it's making a comeback as well yeah it's it's, it's a real vast range all of the all i mean it, was, it came with around 2004 they were going in heavy on revenge of the sith there was loads of revenge of the sith stuff but going all the way up to the original trilogy as well there's every you know there was a slave one there was a there was atats atsts it, it really covered the whole the whole saga up to that point yeah I, I i do like these i like the aesthetic it feels i was when i was looking through the engineering and empire book there's some shots of the star tots in there some concept stuff that obviously you know never made it to market but they, they i'm wondering if they were kind of inspired um inspired this line a little bit because they do have that that feel to them that that kind of play school that play school feel yeah very very good range 
they've been back out for a little while actually they're not called galactic heroes anymore though but it's basically the same mission sort of series or something mission yeah but they're amazing things like the atat set which um came with a few a few figures i think box now you see it would be good to get one under 100 quid they're um some nice sets and some of the figures are brilliant there was such a range you say saying were they available over here well my little girl now plays with them i've got um a box in my office there's got to be 50 different characters in there they're brilliant they're great little things so playable for their kind of age group they've got a bit of um you know a bit of articulation in some of them and um although i will say there's a lot of lot of fakes from china out there right. for these these toys so uh be careful what you're buying when you're online but they have got i mean the lot in terms of play value they're great for kids i know it's the ones that i think i, I recently sold harrison's at car boots so he's done with them now but he, he used to love it i mean then you could smash them into the ground the wings would pop off you clip them straight back on again and you're away it was lots of play value for kids in there as well i've, I've got two or three of the falcons they um, makes all sorts of noises and different things you know when you're when you're flying it around and whatnot depending on what you're doing with it sounds it's like you're playing with a bit more than your kids great toy well you've got to try these things out and make sure they're um three falcons how many do you need they've turned up a job lots of other stuff the attacks superb the noise from the cannons as it's firing is just right straight out of the movies absolutely brilliant little thing picked one up at the car boot sale and it was missing the because it comes with some kind of speeder bike or something doesn't it weirdly enough it's got a little button on top of his head and it fires and the cannons move backwards and forwards and light up and make the pew pew sound love it star wars galactic heroes millennium falcon we gotta rescue our two let you open out of this world adventure we found him sir oh my there's our two uh-oh, Darth Vader! Chewie, fire the cannon! Blast him! Nothing can stop us! Oh yeah? How about a cave monster? See you later, Vader! Now you can open out of this world adventure with the Star Wars Galactic Heroes Millennium Falcon. Other figures and vehicles each sold separately. But moving it on, I think all of us as, as kids would say that if you were asked, you were pushed to name the best vehicle or spaceship from the toy designs, I think everyone would come up with the Atat or the Falcon. So we'd let, we're just going to go through. I've, I've picked out four four of the Falcons, which I thought were pretty pretty interesting. And uh, obviously the original Falcon, we do have to talk about. What is there to say about that original vintage Falcon that hasn't already already been set i mean it's just iconic and, and far-reaching lots of people had it i think it wasn't one of those things like you know the imperial shuttle or you know one of these ships that not many kids had it, lots of people seem to have a falcon it was it was well well loved i think when you look at it as a toy what's really interesting about it, it's a big ship but a lot of that ship is dedicated to you know the hull being a ship and when you look at the play features what's genius about his work is that he crammed so much in that tiny little back end when you think about it all the activity away from the cockpit was all going on in the in the holes and 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 that tiny you know it's just we're talking about a few kind of inches uh, of space but within there you had the gun which had a really nice way of bringing the outside in and the way that that connected what was going inside going on inside the ship with what was going on outside the ship and also it resolved that funny issue which i never got my head around as a kid watching the film you know the, the, the gravity the way the gravity changed and the, the gun uh, turrets so you had the uh, you know the figures would, would lie back with their feet in the air which was which was genius obviously the, the chessboard was in there but you had the training ball to recreate that scene you had the pegs in there so the, the, the figures would, would stand up you had the little hidey holes and the fact that the uh that the cover to the to the smugglers holes uh clips to the inside of the uh, uh of the lid you know just that attention to detail is beautiful and then you've got the ramp you know the ramps going on in that little section as well and that's not to mention the fact that it came with sound so so much kind of crammed in there and that's testament to uh, uh, to his genius and, and you know his skills as a toy designer 
New from Kenner's Star Wars collection, the Millennium Falcon that you put together. Batteries not included. Nice landing, Han Solo. Uh-oh, come on, Chewbacca. Stormtroopers are coming. Action figures each sold separately. Got him on radar. I'll fire the laser cannon. There's even a hidden storage hatch. Ready for takeoff. Jump to light speed. We're gone. On to the Death Star. New Star Wars Millennium Falcon. Action figures each sold separately from Kenner. But... But then it is a big but. In 2008, we get the Legacy Millennium Falcon. Now, it was only about two, three years ago that I finally bought one of these in a massive job lot of stuff. What a toy. Uh, Sai, just how much fun would that have been as a kid? You know what? My instant reaction there was, mate, it's not a kid's toy. But in fairness, you look at this thing, 2008, it was $150. That's not bad, actually. And probably as you scale it up from what the original Falcon would have cost in some 78 79 is actually cheaper than the original falcon was comparatively speaking back then so it is a toy it wasn't necessarily designed to be a collector's piece and as you say it is epic legacy just doesn't they they really have paid such incredible tribute and honor to the not only the toy but the the, the ship itself this thing's got more features than a iphone it's it's insane you've got battle sounds and text from the uh, speech from the film you've got moving the the ramp the loading ramp or whatever you call it the landing ramp moves up and down electronically little lights sound effects the uh, sort of landing lights or the headlights at the front and the engines at the back light up uh, the cockpit lights up chest table even that lights up with its tiny tiny little chest pieces made out of clear blue plastic so they sort of light up laser turret makes laser and shooting sound uh, you get the list just goes on and on and on it's phenomenal and it's huge it's massive the blurb when it was released back at uh, san diego 2008 said that it was 30 percent bigger than the original <laughs> it feels so much bigger feels so so much bigger the box alone is more than two of the vintage falcon boxes and that's with it unassembled inside because they've taken the sort of mandibles off the front so they can pack it all together it's an incredible toy absolutely amazing what a ship as hasbro actually came out and said if they were make that was were to make that ship today it would probably be about 500 dollars I think, mate, when I saw that the price was 150 back in 2008, I thought, you've got to be kidding. How can you, how could they even manufacture that for that money? Because that's, that is superb. The size of it, the shipping, the electronics, the designing, the building, all the gumph in it. It's just brilliant. $150 feels like bargain basement price. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, Look at the Katana. That was what? The list price was $500 if you got in earlier HasLab. Yeah. I can well see that being $500 now. I like the fact there's a tunnel that goes through to the cockpit as well. When I used to play my vintage one and you kind of got that um, graphic that shows you the, the background in the, in the, uh, in the hull of the Falcon, you, you could never obviously get your fingers, your fig, your figures to walk through to the, to the cockpit. That was like, when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's what, that's, that's the dream fulfilled. The last two Falcons I want to bring up, I wanted to come a bit more up to date. So in 2015, we saw a new uh, Falcon come out with, a Nerf gun facility. I think this was the first time we'd seen it on a ship. Uh, so, Mark, I gave you you this to have a look at. I'll, I'll be honest with you. A little piece of me died when I saw this on the shelves when it came out, when the uh, Force Awakens uh, hit. The toy packaging just looked diabolical. 
And um, when I saw the uh, Chewbacca action figure sitting atop the Falcon in this kind of little gun turret type uh, affair at the top of the Falcon, it just, I just thought, oh, hard. And then these huge Nerf bullets firing out, and he's just thinking, well, what does it want to be? Does it want to be, be a Nerf gun, or does it want to be a, a vehicle, an action figure vehicle? And it was, it was trying to be all things to all people, I think. And um, I'm not sure whether they achieved a good toy, really. But having said that, I will say this about it. One of the cool things about it was it had sound effects, motion uh, sensing uh, sound effects. So when you picked it up, you hear the engine sort of spring to life and then fly off and add hyperspeed sounds. And there was also a very cool sort of cargo hold section that opened up at the back. Uh, and that was really nicely detailed. It looked a lot more like the Falcon on the interior. It was uh, That was quite nice. came with three figures as well, which was pretty cool, two of which did actually sit in the, the cockpit. It was a similar size, actually, to the vintage Falcon. It wasn't far off that. But um, I kind of got the impression that Brief was, we want to create a ship and we want to include Nerf in the marketing spiel and all the rest of it. And they were trying to combine two toy lines with one. I'm not sure it worked. I, I, I didn't quite see what the sales figures were, but um, I remember seeing them on the shelves and they, they, they didn't seem to be flying off. That's, that's, that's one thing I will say about it. But it's, it's one of those things, isn't it, that... I don't know. It just it just didn't it didn't appeal to me in any way at all, really. Um, but having looked at it, been given this opportunity to review it, uh, actually it did have a couple of cool features. So um, yeah, I bought one from a display point of view in a packaging. A load of rubbish, waste of time. But my son was well, when was it? Twenty fifteen, so four years yeah. ago. My son was five, and obviously a big Nerf fan. And the two kind of things combined was popular from a toy point of view um definitely not collectible for me but from a from a toy standpoint i think i think it worked with the right demographic of that age group at the time yeah i mean maybe yeah maybe i'm looking at it as a as a collector rather than a a, a child and maybe i'm i am being a bit on the harsh side with it and probably not seeing it through a child's eyes uh, i'm sure my lad would have loved it if he, if um, he'd have had one it, it was just one of those things that at the time, you know, when you, you, you're looking at seeing what, what's available in the shops and some of it's great. You think, oh, quite like the look of that and might, might get one of those. And then you, you come across the odd. It's a bit like, do you remember when they bought out those Transformers? I mean, I think there was a, a Boba Fett on a motorbike or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You, you remember those? And, and, and you look at it and you think, oh, why? <laughs> why are we going down this road? I understand working in the toy industry. I understand what they were trying to do. Like I say, they were trying to combine two really key toys at the time, Nerf and Star Wars. And how, how can we combine those two things? I think they succeeded, but yeah, it wasn't for me. It's funny. Uh, you say you don't see it as a collectible, Stu. I've just done a quick look on, on eBay and the last two that sold this month. In fact, they sold on Friday, Saturday, a used one with a box for £61 plus postage, Ooh. and a new one in a tatty box for £80 plus postage. That's vintage money. Mate, I, I'm going to dig mine out of the loft. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, that is a, that's more expensive. I was expecting that you'd come out with about 20 quid then. Yeah, yeah used without boxes, uh, £40, £48. Ooh. Crazy. Star Wars, the First Order is attacking. 
Call in the new Bet Election Millennium Falcon. Hyperdrive into enemy territory and take out those TIE fighters with a pop-up laser cannon. Direct hit! Then prepare your attack run. Take them by surprise and fire the hidden torpedo. Demolish the First Order with the new Battle Action Millennium Falcon. Figures and vehicles each sold separately. Batteries not included. We did it! Hit it, Chewie! Well, moving on to the last Falcon I wanted to look at, and oh, I haven't had this one in hand, but I think after the success of how great the Vintage one was, how great the Legacy one was, and even how great the Force Awakens one was, I thought this looked really disappointing, and that's the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon from the Solo range. Uh, I gave this to you, Dan, but it just didn't look look great to me, even from a visual. This one was a hit with a capital S, I think, is the best way to describe it. I think it was over a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> it was over a hundred. I think it was a hundred pounds when it originally came out. They reduced down to like twenty quid. The, the scale of it was off. You could only fit one figure in the cockpit. Panels came off when it went to hyperspace. The lights on the front started flashing. It was yeah, it's it's atrocious. I, I, I was looking at it when it came out. I was thinking about getting it for Harrison, and it's like. No, even when it was reduced, it's it's just yeah. I, you know, with all the complaints about the Force Awakens one, at least it was you could get two figures in the cockpit, you could take the back off, and you could do various things with it. But this one was a, a bit of a miss. This has got the front bit on, hasn't it? Where the um the gap yeah. is, does that come out? Yeah, that comes off. So that's like a um, I think it's meant to be like an escape pod. I think it was, it was obviously like the vintage, the one of the one of the when they were looking to extend the vintage range, that was one of the things they looked at kind of making this unit that would attach to the front so it's, it's a bit of a tribute to that but i think mean, the panels come off the top and you can make it kind of look like the old falcon but yeah it's just it's, i think it's over designed and yeah just a bit of a mess but i think overall mark boudreau brilliant cantina and all those kind of toys he was played a part in transformers and batman and other toy lines it's a shame to see him go yeah thank you for all the great toy lines uh, it's brought us all together really happy days I've been an ATST driver, a stormtrooper. I've been an indoor rebel. Sometimes we are able to actually put our faces onto Star Wars characters. Back in the day, I had a little less gray. I am a toy designer. I love toys. It's more than just a job. I'm probably best known for working on Star Wars. I first started back in 1977, and that's right when we had received the Star Wars license. You had this film that everybody kind of passed on. We say kind of like, oh, for $50 in a handshake, we got the Star Wars license. I kind of gravitated towards the vehicle. I think I had the temperament and the patience to do the vehicle development. My first big major project was the Millennium Falcon, and I'm designing the new vehicles for Episode 7. We had to be able to design the turrets so that it would hold Chewbacca, but, and then also standard sort of six-foot characters. Well, we've got a basic read of the script. Because we haven't seen the film yet, and we don't know all of the little quirks that happened with the Falcon, we kind of went for a lot of what we call off-camera features. They don't really exist in the film. For instance, that turret popping up does not actually exist. Even though it's made up, it wants to be like, oh wow, yeah, that was a feature that's really in the Millennium Falcon. They just never happened to press the button. 
Star Wars is, you know, just kind of in-your-face gritty. There's hinges, there's piping, there's electrical, you know, there's vents, you know, all that stuff to make it real. Even though it's a galaxy far, far away, I think Star Wars is real. Uh, yeah, they're fancy spaceships, but there's that certain sort of love for going on adventures. Toys embody all of the fantasy that kids love to engage in. They come out of the film, oh, I just love this film. The toys then allow the kids to bring that fantasy to life every day. Let's go on to topic two. I think these actually were kind of revealed not long after we recorded the last show, and that is the, the second wave of this retro collection. Now, I think we touched on that retro collection in the last show. Um, you had those six figures from the Star Wars range with the Tarkin in the board game. There's been another six um, announced. Does anyone know? Can you get these yet? Have they shipped? I think they're due out in June. I was looking right. on, on Zavi last night, 9.99 each. Yeah, scheduled for June. These are all from ESB. We've got a, uh, a Lando in his blue outfit, with Luke Bespin, Boba Fett, Yoda, Hanhoff and Leia Hoff, kind of covering the main characters from ESB. Now, Sai, you've already said that, um, I think you might have even said you pre-ordered them. You're a big fan of this retro look. What do you think of these six that they've announced? They're not the six I would have chosen, but I don't think they released the line just for me, to be honest with you. Slightly disappointing as that revelation may be. Uh, I, I think there's a couple of scorches in there. Boba Fett and Yoda, brilliant. And then it's sort of, yeah, Luke Bespin, yeah, why not? And then Leia Hoth, Han Hoth and Lando fine but i just think they missed a trick there i have wait, 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 wait. let's just stop you there then so what do you think's missing and what do you think should have been replaced if it was just a runner six fewer humans i don't i don't need the humans they're not the best figures out there the droids are better and and even little so i, I was having a little think what would i have put in there and i would have gone with boba fett and yoda absolutely then i would have had a hot stormtrooper because i love that figure one of the best from the ESB range so had to have a Hoth Stormtrooper in there Luke Hoth as opposed to Han Hoth thank you very much loved the original car back and Luke Hoth figure and then I would I don't know it, it got a bit more difficult I can see why they didn't go with it but I would have had another bounty hunter in there maybe IG-88 or Zuckus or Fall On don't really care and then I would have had either 3PO with a with his sort of carry net or Ugnor. I think that little pig face is underrated and it screams ESP to me. It just takes me back to Cloud City. So, yeah, I would have, I would have gone with something. Yeah, I'm just sitting here looking at my Empire figures and I want to use nearly every figure. So you just released a whole range again. Yeah, basically. Other than FX7, 2-1-B and the Cloud Car uh, pilot. Oh, my God, I forgot 2-1-B. <laughs> You're right, Dan. No, sod it. 2-1-B and I love the colours of the Cloud Car pilot. So, actually, I'll tell you what, scrap the six, release the lot, and then I'll be happy. I totally understand why they went with the six, I think. If you're representing ESB, just as a film, I think Han, Leia and Luke have to be represented if you're just choosing six to represent the movie. But they and did that Lando, in the first Yoda range. and Fett all came in, were the main new characters in ESB. You've got, so far, 12 figures announced and you've replicated three of those. I understand what you're saying. They are, of course, they're the main characters and you've got Bespin and Hoth represented. Or Dagobah with Yoda, fine. But you had Han, Leia Luke in there proper clobber in the first go i don't see the need to replicate it in the second one 
think the uh, C-3PO is a really good shout because he wasn't in the first lot, was he? It's a way of bringing him in. Exactly. And then they, and then they can do R2 with a uh, pop lightsaber the next time round and, you know, you've got them in there. Yeah, interesting. I'm not quite sure I agree with you about Lobot and stuff, though. <laughs> What's the it, price point in the UK for these? So I know they're down to eight ninety seven for the first wave now in Asda. Are these around the £10 mark, UK? Uh, pre-order them. Most places are doing them around about 55 for the set of six. So what's that? Yeah, nine quid. Bad. Nine quid yeah, about the same. Can I, uh, can I make an observation? Yes. I mean, like, they don't offend me. I can, I can take or leave them. I find the, the this sort of edge where kind of effect a bit kitschy. Um, it's a bit like when people release novels and they try and make them look like old pulp novels and they print the, you know, they print the, uh, the, the edge where around the, around the sides. But um, one of the things that really irritated me with that first wave is that it was the same. Um, the edgeware was the same on all of the cards. It was in the same position. You had them all lined up. They'd all been worn identically. But they <laughs> seem to have fixed that. Looking at this new, looking at the images on the on the, on the new wave, they, they look like they've mixed that up a bit. Yeah, you're right. I'm just looking at them now, yeah. That's a great spot, Craig, because I've got the first wave and there's no way I would have ever spotted that. But you're right. Yeah, <laughs> That's good. They, that gets a thumbs up. I'm with you, actually. It's the one thing that really irritates me about them. I don't know why they bothered with that edgeware. I think it's a really funny decision. And it's worse on the on the boxed game. I've, I've never seen a vintage boxed game with as much edgeware as them. <laughs> it does give them a tacky feel, doesn't it? It, it makes them feel like there's some kind of knockoff from some shonky market uh, that have been deliberately aged to make them look authentic. But it just makes them look a bit, a bit nasty, cheap. I'd have gone for different photography as well, uh, the characters, just so that they, that they made them different from the originals. To me, it's a bit lazy, really. But that's that's the vintage collection, isn't it, really? Because that's what they've done there. On some of them, yeah. On some of the vintage collection, they've, they've, they've done that, uh, especially on the new figures, obviously. But on these, I just, yeah, the edgeware, I don't like it. I hate that bloody sticker. I took mine, I've got a talking, I, 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 um, I took that off. Did it come off easily? Uh, yeah, mine did. I know there was some people saying they managed to rip the front of the card off, but I was quite careful and it peeled away quite nicely. What's the back, what's the card backs like? It's probably about fifty percent of different languages and warnings. The top section actually is, I mean, it's got three or four different languages saying the same thing. But then underneath that, they've taken the um, the early bird certificate artwork and they've got the six. I mean, I mean, I'm not looking at an Empire one. I'm looking at a Star Wars one, and you've got that art of Han, Chewie, Leia, Luke, uh, Vader, and a Stormtrooper. That that classic artwork from the uh, early bird package. Well, at least that's something, I guess. It's just a cost-cutting exercise. Make a, a card back generic, you know, as, as generic as possible, so they don't have to reprint or redesign anything. Now, someone mentioned the board games. So within the Star Wars range, you had um, was it Escape to the Death Star board game, wasn't it? Yeah. Which came with the Tarkin figure, which was the figure when you ask people, oh, which figure do you wish they'd made back in the vintage days? And most people go, oh, I'd love a Tarkin. And I get it, you know, that Tarkin figure made people go and buy that board game. So we've, we've seen another board game coming out with this range and they've redone the Hoff Adventure game, um, the Hoff Ice Planet Adventure game, I think it was, which again was a vintage game. And they've included a figure in this, which is quite interesting, which we'll get onto the figure in a minute because it is Luke Skywalker Snowspeeder. But first of all, Craig, I'm going to come to you. Another reinvention of a vintage game, perhaps not as common as the uh, Escape from the Death Star. What was the Hoff Ice Planet game? Well, it's a, it's a curious thing. It's not something we got over here in the UK, but it's, you know, it's billed as uh, as the Hoth Ice Planet adventure game, travel the dangerous ice planet Hoth and become a Jedi Knight. So I don't think it's particularly classed as canon 
what's going on with this game. It's a, it's a curious thing. I can read you the blurb from the box, some, uh, some flavour as to what's going on here. The objective is to be the first player to acquire sufficient force to battle and defeat Darth Vader. Spin two pilot your Millennium Falcon around Hoth. There are incidents along the way and battles force cards with Imperial villains. Plan your strategy in wagering force cards and spinning against Boba Fett, Stormtrooper, Probot and Atat. Once you have enough force, you can enter the centre of the board and challenge Darth Vader. The first player to master the force and successfully outspin Darth Vader wins. So it has that kind of the same flavour of things like the Escape the Death Star and the Yoda game where you have to do stuff before you get to a sort of end game in the middle. So you're going around, you're collecting these cars, and then you have to outspin Vader. But it all feels a little bit generic and not especially, you know, closely following the the, the plot or scenarios from, um, from from Empire, really. The game board artwork is quite nice. The, the packaging is, is what it is. But it's... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a curious thing and not something that, you know, until I'd been tasked with a closer look at this, something I'd particularly paid much attention to. But um, it, it's all centred around flying little Millennium Falcons around. Um, and I, but I think there is, a, I think there is a, a snow speeder in there. But it's not something that's synonymous with, um, with the character they've chosen to pack with it. No, which are best to get onto. I do think that maybe once uh, lockdown's finished with, maybe we should all get together, have a few beers and maybe have a little game of this because... Um, be interesting to see what it's like but like we just said the first game was packed with Tarkin which is understandable and obviously made that game sell pretty well Sai this time it's packed with Luke Skywalker Snowspeeder what do you think Mm. I mean one of the objections I think one of the many objections I think people have had to this range is that it's nothing original you've taken the old packaging and messed it up frankly you've taken the old figure and made it look well. It is, to all intents and purposes, identical. I think there's a couple of mil off the off the height, isn't there? And the weapons are the same, and everything. It's just a recreation. It's a reproduction. It's rubbish. It looks too much like the original. Well, I think they've taken that criticism on board with this figure, frankly, because it looks like a goddamn Polish bootleg. It's it's the worst thing I think I've seen in the modern range since I don't know what muscle bound Luke from 1997, Power of the Force Two. I hate it. So you're not going to buy the ball game. Yeah, of course I am. I need the figure. And the, the funny thing is, mate, you actually mean that as well, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> totally. slagging it off. I'm a mug. Yeah, I'm an absolute for... mug. I've not pre-ordered it because <laughs> I really do hate it that much. But you know what? I don't think it's going to be a struggle to find one on clearance somewhere. I expect to see these in B&M around about September time. We've seen the Star Wars range. We've seen a. We've now got a wave of ESB. The likelihood is next year we're going to see a wave of Jedi figures. I asked each of you to, what do you think the six figures will be? Because it's clearly going to be a run of six and maybe what board game with exclusive. Maybe something that we didn't see back in the vintage era, which I know there's a, I know there's a few. I'd like, I reckon it could go with Ula or something like that. But where do we think they'll go with the Jedi line? I reckon we'll get a, uh, a, a biker scout. We'll get an Imperial Royal Guard, a Luke Jedi. Yeah, and probably it'll be hand and layer poncho or something, wouldn't it? Hand trench coat and layer poncho just to keep the hand Luke layer theme going. Um, I, I definitely think they'll be an emperor. Craig? Yeah, I think uh, that sounds about right to me. They'll keep the heroes going. They'll have an emperor in there. Uh, and back to the point earlier about the droids, they need to, they need to work them in. They're, they're, they're very um, conspicuous by their absence at the moment. Perhaps they will put both of them in because, um, no offence, but Hand Trench and Layer Endor's not going to be particularly inspiring, is it? I get Luke Jedi. I think that's a vital one. 3PO and R2... If they put a pop-up saber in him, the world's going to go mad. No, they've got to save that for, <laughs> surely, the Power of the Force 2 range. 
Surely, <laughs> Power of the Force Ranger, rather. <laughs> Power of the Force Two Ranger. You really do think they're going retro, don't you? That's <laughs> it. <laughs> no, I, Dan, I agree with you. And your first three straight off: ERG, Bike Scout, Luke Jedi. Absolutely have to be in there. I'd got down Leia Bush, possibly oh, Poncho, yes, but I like the Bush idea just because she's an absolute favourite. An Ewok. You cannot yeah. not yeah. have an Ewok yeah, in there. Right. Yeah, it'll be wicked when it'll be You've wicked. Got to have an Ewok. For sure. And then representing Lando. Give him his skiff guards. Lando and his skiff guards, or possibly a Gamorrean guard, pig face, because I'd love to see a pig face in there. Uh, you've, you've forgotten one of my favourites here, guys, and that's the Rebel Commando. I thought you were going to say General Maydean. <laughs> What do you think will be the exclusive then? So, something that it tends to be a figure that wasn't made. What wasn't made in Jedi? I, I think it will be a Darth Vader removable helmet. But what's the game going to be though? Would it be the Sarlacc pit game? Because they've given up on the board games apart yeah, from had to it's only one really, isn't it? It's going to be I think there's, too, there's too many pieces of them to make that. I think think about the production in that. It's almost yeah. because I, I think if if anything, it will be that little silver. Or a version of that little silver card game. Came in a silver box with Salacious on the front. Salacious Crumb as the figure. So in fact, they could actually <laughs> apply the graphics, couldn't they, to um, the existing Star Wars and Empire board game. There's, there's not a great deal to it, is there? The, 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 the gameplay is, is pretty straightforward. It's just a matter of changing the graphics and the, um, the wording on some of the cards and stuff. What, Escape the Death Star 2? Yeah, Escape Jabba's Palace. Yeah, maybe Slave Leia as the figure. Although I don't think Disney would make that figure now. I can't see it. No, I think we've uh, we've seen the, the days of that. That would be the one though, wouldn't it? That would that would they'd sell thousands of them if they made that figure. Uh, interesting. Be interesting to see. I think we'll see a few exclude and obviously with, with conventions and stuff this year it's kind of fallen by the wayside, but I think we'll see they did it, didn't they, last year with, with the um the Rainbow Vader. So we'll see I think they're gonna do exclusives with them. Hopefully we get some palatoy ones in the UK. Absolute nonsense, that wasn't it? <laughs> that rainbow fader. I bet you got one side, didn't you? I want one, but I'm not paying stupid money. I'll give someone a fiver for one. I, didn't, I just didn't get it. I don't get it either. I no. don't get it, but I want one. What's that going to do with getting it? Christ, it says Star Wars on it, man. Since you are reluctant to provide us with the location of the Rebel base, I have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of Alderaan. Alderaan is peaceful. We have no weapons. You can't You will possibly... prefer another target, a military target? Then name the system. I grow tired of asking this, so it'll be the last time. Where is the rebel base? Dantooine. Since our last show, at the end of uh, February, there was the New York Toy Fair and 2020 product reveals. And uh, we'll just go. We'll go quickly through these. We don't need to to spend too long on them. But a few nice bits was was announced. The Black Series, first of all, released a few nice bits. Mark, did you have a look at any of these? Yeah. Uh, so we've got Han Baspin, nice. Yoda, R two on Dagobah, Snow Speeder, and Luke Baspin, uh, Leia Hoth, Lando, and the Snow Speeder has got to be one of the nicest things I've seen from uh, the Black Series other than that probot I've just bought. I can well see me getting one of these. It's fantastic. It really is nice. It reminds me of, um, is it uh, EFX did one? Dare say a lot of people will be buying them and putting them on display because it just looks fantastic. It is beautiful, isn't it? I didn't even realise they were making it until I scrolled through that, um, that article. 
it is just lovely and comes complete with a DAC. So if you buy the other Luke, like you just say, the Luke Skywalker, yeah, got DAC coming with the snow speeder. So a ready made shelf right there. So you're going to have a problem with the figures, aren't you, mate? Because they've released the uh, the usual faces. Okay. Yeah, I just I can't get excited about many of those, to be perfectly honest with you. And some of them I just think are distinctly questionable. Out of that Black Series range, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. So six out of the eight, they're also releasing his retro collection. Oh, well done, mm. guys. Who thought that one through? Do these departments speak to each other? Let's move on to the next bit then, the vintage collection here. We saw a Slave One. We saw a Luke Jedi figure. We saw a Power Droid, which was, which was interesting. And I know it's got a few of the um, team's taste buds going. And more importantly, they're bringing out the Imperial Troop Transport again. Yeah, I, I, I love the fact that that was a it, it was a toy, and then it was uh, then it was in the Marvel comics, wasn't it? And then it appeared in the animated shows, and then into the uh, the Mandalorian, and now it's a toy again. They released a version, didn't they, in the Rebels line? Actually, the toy line yeah, a few yeah. years back wasn't great compared to the other toys, but this looks this looks the deal, I think. And I, I like the way they've all of those properties, all of those different sort of you know ways of using it have, have made sense of what was actually quite a bizarre thing to slot a figure inside of a uh, you know in the inside of a van and, uh, and and ride around. So how they were prisoners, you know, prisoner transports and then troop transports, and yeah, they've, they've, they've kind of worked the logic out for the real world. What do you think about the Slave One, Craig? It, it basks in the glow of um, of Fett, doesn't it? As a figure, you know, it's they are they are part and parcel, and a little bit of that 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 Fett magic rubs off on his ship too. So I think that's why we see it a lot. But it looks to be a good a good take on it for sure. I mean, the, the cockpit looks you know detailed as as, I, as I've seen one. Yeah, and of course, Power Droid. Always nice to see um, him getting a a little outing. Yeah, and he's in you know he crops up a lot throughout the franchise, doesn't he? I don't, I'm not sure why he's not got as much. Uh, Love as he's uh, as he's had. Yeah, beautiful. I definitely think there's uh, some purchases on the way there. Moving on, Dan. I'm going to come over to you. We've just go through these last few bits quickly. There's just bits and pieces. We've got an Aquarius card game, Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> I've been through the list. The only things that really stand out to me in that, I thought the Mandalorian operation with uh, Baby Yoda looked quite interesting. Kids are like that. The Lego is it Razor? Is it, what, what, what was Mandalorian ship called? Is it Razor's Edge or Razor Crest? Razor um, Crest. Laser Crest. That's it. That looks that looks really good. Yeah, there wasn't a lot else really took my eye. I thought the Builder Bear would be interesting, but yeah, I think my kids are getting a bit too old for that now, so I don't think I'll be getting a Baby Yoda from Builder Bear. Well, you're never too old to go to Builder Bear. Um, well, I took my daughter there uh, recently to to get uh, one of the Frozen ones, and my lad asked for a Chewbacca, and I think he knew as soon as he asked for a Star Wars one that he was I going wouldn't on. say no. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh he did get one that was in the last couple of months but yeah, yeah it's a few different bits here isn't it that um you got the aquarius game i think that's joe go fish basically a, a bitty boomer i think this is up mark street he loves oh. a bit of modern uh a mini bluetooth speaker there with little baby yoda in his um in his crib or something it's got a bit of a um, sort of chibly sort of anime style about it hasn't it it's um small and cute i mean for a a company that when Baby Yoda sort of revealed himself during the Mandalorian, during the first run of the, the show, merchandise was very, very thin on the ground. They're more than making up for it now. <laughs> it's on everything, isn't it? It looks a little bit like you, actually, in a uh, roll neck jumper, that bitty boomer. What, me? Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's our little thing, isn't it? It looks like a salt shaker. It does, doesn't it, with the holes in his head, yeah. I'm not sure you associate music with uh, Baby Yoda, but no, they're sticking it on everything, aren't they? 
It's just baby baby Groot all over again, isn't it? I I quite like the bag. I was the kind of thing I'd buy my uh, my child. I'd buy my wife actually before we go to a convention. Then she would never use it. Yeah, it's quite quite sweet. Lounge fly uh, makes some quite nice bags actually. If you go through their um Star Wars lot, yeah, I think there's a a few bits and pieces. Um, I think I'm probably the only one with the right height to wear the ruby outfit. Height, not width. <laughs> what are you saying, Sai? It would hang off you, mate. It would it would look a little bit odd. That's yeah. the same, mate. I'm in my prime. So definitely a few bits and pieces in there. And a good Skywalker. Meet Obi Wan Kenobi. Hi. Let's move on to, to topic four. After New York Toy Fair, there was then on the 31st of March, 1st of April, somewhere around about there, we had some more Hasbro uh, reveals. Um, eight items. I've just given you all um, a couple each just to so we can whiz through these. So, Mark, we've got a, a Black Series six-inch carbonised Boba Fett. Might we need more Fett? Absolute mock. It is just the worst possible way of me saying how can we wring any more cash out of collectors by simply splashing a paint job that has absolutely no relevance no connection with the figure at any point during a film or figure's history it's dreadful absolutely dreadful it's just a way of wringing more money out of people that just have to have more Boba Fett things. It looks shocking. The packaging is shocking. The product is just... Oh, I just hate it. Hate it. But what do you really think, mate? <laughs> Can somebody help me understand why people would sit round a table in a production meeting? And I, I work in the toy industry. I know how these things work. And it just baffles me that people can come to a decision and say, right... How can we use the same moulding for a figure and do something different? And somebody's come up, why don't we put a glitter, uh, sort of shiny effect on, on the paint of the figure? It, it makes no sense. <laughs> None whatsoever. It looks awful. I mean, if they were going to do something with it and something different and it looks good, okay, fair enough, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let that one slide. But there's, there's no excuse for this thing to be... <laughs> in production at all this is a bit bizarre isn't it it's like somebody's coming guys guys we've just we just bought a load of we just sunk a load of money into this carbonizing technology you know what can we use it on oh Bob, it's boba fett everybody loves boba fett the collectors <laughs> will hoover it up we could, we could just paint it all black and they'd buy it i think even with the the new color boxes because they'll probably release this as well in a black box you know you've got to be some sort of wally to buy all the different boxes of the same figure, haven't you? Well, I think we've all been there, haven't we? We've all been there. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Mark. I do think it's a bit random. And obviously, so the second um, item on this list is is another carbonised figure in the Black Series, and that's the Stormtrooper. Dan, I, uh, I've got a feeling you'll probably enjoy them, though. Uh, why is that? Because you've been buying all the other carbonised stuff. Got, I've got one. I've got the Mandalorian one, just to complete the set and get all three in three different colour boxes. Yeah, I mean, the boat just about on the Boba Fett one. That, um, as far as I'm aware, that's sold out on pre-order. So that people have been, yeah, sucking into that. And and I think the Stormtrooper just it looks like Phasma. I'm just like that's like Captain Phasma again. It's, yeah, it's not something that's um that's tickled my fancy at all. I, I you know I did buy the Mandalorian one. I think he's a new you know it's a new line. In terms of a new TV series for Disney Plus and the start of a new Star Wars part of the Star Wars saga, so nice little item to own. But yeah, they're going to go down this road and carbonise everything that's in armour. It's going to be a bit. Um, it's going to get a bit silly. 
yeah, I feel I, I'm in the same place as, as Mark on that. It's uh, it doesn't look great. It's it doesn't really. I mean, when I look at the Mandalorian one and hold the, that and the regular one up against each other, there isn't a huge amount of difference. So it is it is purely a cash grab. Well, moving away from the Black Series, carbonized for a minute. Then to Craig, we come to the first of the vintage collection, K2SO, another figure we've seen quite regular, a bit different. I love I love Kotoso. He's one of my favourite aspects of the the Disney era, and I, I, it's I think it's his, it's his it's the paradox of the way he looks so menacing and and and, and evil and that. But you know, you look at him now, and it's just Alan Tudyk's performance as the character comes through. So it's just I don't know. It's got this this inbuilt appeal. It's it's comparable to other figures that we've seen. But what struck me when I when I looked at it is just how shiny some of the elements are so around his. So the wrist joints and his ankles, his knees, like yeah, they look proper, proper well, shiny. Yeah. To the point where I, you know, just just before we jumped on, I was looking at uh, screen grabs and, and video clips just to sort of go, is it, were, they, were they that shiny? Was it just the light? It certainly doesn't appear like like that on screen. So I, I just found that quite jarring. Was was his knee joints and that like that in the film when you went back and checked? Right, no, no, unless it was the light. You know, I mean, it could be that they got hold of maquettes and model things, and but he was partly CG, wasn't he? So, yeah, it's, uh, they, I think they just need to tone that down a bit. And staying on the vintage collection, then, we've also seen another clone, another one to add to your total from last month, Dan, but a Sai, Clone Commander Wolf. I've never got into the whole Clone Wars and Rebels and all those cartoons, and it, it's not because I, I don't want to or I don't think they're Star Wars or anything like that. I just don't have the time. There's so much on i'd like to check them out sometime but as a result clone commander wolf leaves me a bit cold it's a nice enough figure um it sort of seems to have a slightly matte finish to it but it's just what you'd expect from a sort of cartoony figure to be honest yeah i I can't get too excited about it definitely want to leave on the shelf for me now there there was two figures actually that really excited me in um in this list of eight and this is the first of them now mark you got a black series six inch here they're going to release a tebow how great is that well it's good for you mate (laughs) <laughs> I'm really pleased for you. <laughs> um, but I, I'm going to I'm going to be honest. I, I actually think it's a good figure. I think they've got the lightness great. The sculpting is fantastic on it. I think the poses they've um, shown on the the marketing material poses are great. I mean, not a bad little figure. I'm not a, I'm not an Ewok sort of fan, but. I can appreciate anyone who is will really love this figure. It's great. Lots of accessories as well. It's got a spear, a little dagger, which does go into its little holder. Yeah. No, it's... thing on its head. It's got... You know, the, the necklace, the teeth on the necklace, uh, his little hood. Um, like I say, I think they've got the, the facial uh, features absolutely bang on. It's great. Great little figure. Yeah. I thought it was just nice to see that kind of thing being represented. I thought it was... um. Quite a nice, uh, nice change from the the same old, same old kind of figures. Excited about this one as well. Are you? Yes, thank you, Craig. Yeah, I have to say. No, I've been waiting for them to do a six inch, a six inch uh, Ewok. Well, it's not six inches, it's a six inch scale Ewok for yeah. for a while for very personal reasons. I think I shared these online. I've been recreating famous magazine covers at six inch Black Series uh, characters, and um, the Ewok. From the uh, from the Rolling Stone cover, where um, Carrie Fisher's on the deck chair in the uh, in the Leah bikini, and you've got Vader behind him behind oh, her. The guard in it. Yeah, and he's holding a beach ball. That's right. And Vader's got a um, a boombox, eighties boombox. And there's a there's an Ewok on there. And after a bit of research and some screen matching, I've determined that this Ewok in question is Kazakh the Ewok. They've obviously lent this costume to Rolling Stone for this photo shoot. So I'll be getting. Uh, I'll be getting a Tebow and I'll be attempting a custom job on him. 
Oh, watch this space because that will be a video. You've heard it here first, <laughs> listeners. Churning out lots of Ewoks in this range. So I get to seize the moment and see what I can do with him. It's Love an it. epic figure, isn't it? I mean, it really is. This is up there with the power, George. Right? It's just, it's beautiful. It's stunning. It is just, yeah, really, really excited about that one. Brilliant. It's what you want to see, isn't it? You know, different figures, not, oh, here's another Kylo Ren. Different character, and I, I love that. And uh, there's another one in a minute, which I'm delighted to see them doing as well. But before we get that, we've got a, a Black Series 6-inch Vader. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Before I got back into vintage in, I think it was in 2014, I, was, I did start in on the Black Series at the very start. So I was, I was at Toys R Us Brink Cross for the launch. Had all the figures with first day of issues on. Got the next couple of waves after that. And then I saw the Vader after waiting probably three or four waves from I went, do you know what? I'm stopping and I'm getting into vintage. This version of Vader, the, the I think I'm not sure it was a Jedi or a Empire Strikes Back Vader, wasn't great. The head sculpt was horrendous, um, but it looks like they've they've gone back to it now and, and corrected it. They they released the New Hope version for the 40th anniversary with the you know where the cape goes over the armor rather than under, and then, yeah they've revisited this one. The helmet looks accurate to Empire Strikes Back. It looks a good figure. Not enough to make me go all in and buy all the Black Series again, but yeah, it looks like they've, um, they're have they correcting some of the past mistakes. Well, moving on to the other one that I was quite excited about, I'm coming over to you, Craig, is the Black Series 6-inch Admiral Akbar they're doing. You know, we talk about me looking like an Ewok. We've now got Simon with no neck. What, what do you think about this? We've seen a few Akbars in our time, but there's, there's something about this that looks less like Admiral Akbar and more like um, Tim Rose in a big rubber head. It, look, it, it looks like it's probably more accurate. I don't know, but it, it, there's something a little bit off of, off about his shoulders and the way he's kind of hunched over there, and he's it, it feels like a man in a costume. Bizarrely, that's what I'm getting. Yeah, at. I can see where you're coming from. Actually, his yeah, his his neck um, shoulder area mm. does look a bit, little bit off. But I'd have to put the character next to him. Perhaps they have a, they have restructured him properly. I just thought it was so nice to see another character for a black series that's a bit different to the usual usual run of the mill. Would you be in on this, um, Craig? Because I know you uh, you like a bit of a dabble. Probably not. It doesn't it doesn't fit with anything I'm doing at the minute. It's a nice figure. Don't get me wrong. It, and it's uh, it, it's nice to see these things. I do enjoy them. I do enjoy the process of these things being teased and beautifully photographed and on the shelves and people talking about them. But I don't go out and buy everything. You want to click like me, mate, and just yeah, just do it. <laughs> worry about it later where it fits. <laughs> I've learned over many many years that I have to discipline myself from time to time. <laughs> And then the final, uh, the final figure is uh, Mandalorian in Beskar armor. Sai. Oh, this is right up there with Tebow in terms of sculpt. It's uh, it's magnificent. It's absolutely superb. The quality. I can't believe that these when they when they get to this level of detail and this care and attention to detail. I can't believe these are six inch plastic figures that retail at what less than less than twenty quid. They're just phenomenal and this is one of the this has got to be one of the best of recent times it's absolutely brilliant just the the paint applications the design the care and attention to detail even his weapons are absolutely beautiful his rifle is just stunning and just yeah blown away by it brilliant but yeah there's a bit, a bit of love for some of the stuff there and um a bit of non-love for the carbonized stuff but yeah definitely some interesting items coming later in the year and i think a few of us will be picking different things up and i can't wait to see craig's customization of his t-boat
final topic for this month. I thought I would give you a, a, a we'll do a character focus some months because there's so many different figures, so many different lines, and you don't realise it until you you go onto one of the the websites. Uh, I like to use Jedi Business. I always think you you can search by toy range, by character. There's so many different ways of looking up the figures, and they're all photographed beautifully, and that. So Jedi Business to me, really recommend it as a website. But when you type in a, a character's name, you don't realise quite how many figures have come out. Now, General Grievous first appeared in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, there has been a lot of incarnations of General Grievous already. Now, I asked you all to pick what you thought your favourite uh, General Grievous and um, decide which one was the best. Now, I'm hoping you've all gone a little bit outside the box than the Black Series 6-inch because it is a nice figure. But I'm hoping we've, uh, we've got a few different ideas here. Uh, Dan, which your your son's favourite character, General yep. Grievous. I'm, I'm getting you've got most of these. So he's got a couple of them. Um, the two that stand out, they're not the early ones. So I think the early ones, they did a Grievous, weren't that great? They were all, yeah, the arms were loose and, helped, went, you know, it didn't, it didn't stand quite right. But there's a couple of Clone Wars ones. There's uh, one with interchangeable arms. It's, it's really cool. He's kind of got different sets of arms. One where he's just got two arms and the other one where he's got four. That one's really nice. Real good um, articulation. The legs, really poseable. And there's another one called, I think it's called General Grievous Pursuit which is very good. The game, the legs, uh, you can really pose the character in different positions. And yeah, he's great. Those are the two, but the Black Series is still the best. The, I think the Clone Wars, the, the, the sculpts they did for Clone Wars, and I think, I think whoever was sculpting Grievous when they started in 2005, by the time they got to like five years later and they were doing going heavy on Clone Wars, um, they, they, they cracked it then. The capes, the, the capes were great. The, uh, the, the, the accessories, the different arm positions when he's, splitting his arms in two he's, yeah you get some great figures there six figures during the clone wars years over three years uh, yeah it's a nice ones i quite like the um the hunt for grievous one that's the one which... i'm talking about when i said the pursuit it's the hunt for grievous that's the yeah one. so the one with the he's got the cloak on and um yeah yeah 13 points of articulation on that which obviously means you can get uh some proper old um stances in yeah, three got... accessories as well two lightsabers he, he... He's got a drawer of, like, of, of figures, and in terms of Grievous, that's the one he's always he's always carrying around with him. That's his favourite as well. And you're right, I've got a couple of the early Grievouses, and they're quite flimsy and quite difficult yeah. to actually stand up altogether. And Mark, you know, being a massive modern fan, what, where would your preference lie with the old Grievouses? I'm, I'm going to surprise you, uh, because I've got quite a vivid memory of um, getting this figure for my son, and that I'm going to choose the Lego version of uh, General Grievous, if that's all right. Yeah, is that the big one? No, no, these are the small minifigure ones. I think the first one they did, that Lego did, of General Grievous, looks a bit clumsy. It's got, like, um, very skinny legs, the same legs they use for the uh, battle droid, and the arm configuration is a bit clumsy. Facially as well, it's, it's not quite as good. But the second one they did, that's when it really... Uh, looks like Grievous and my lad was after one of these figures for ages and I've been watching them on eBay and they were still fetching decent money and I managed to pick him up one relatively cheap and I remember walking up to school picking him up and saying right Zach have a guess what I've got in my hand here and uh, he says is it a Lego minifigure I said yes so which Lego figure minifigure do you really 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 want and he said 
Channel Grievous and I opened my hand and I gave it to him. Oh, and the look on his face was amazing. And uh, for that reason, that figure has uh, a lot of really good memories for me. And I think it's a cracking little figure as well. I think Lego did a really good job on it. Love that. Love that because it's got a decent story with it. Love it. Great choice. Uh, Cy, now I know you've uh, dabbled in Grievous over the years. I think the best General Grievous that they've done in terms of accuracy and look and design and detail for me is the Elite Series die cast that they did and that would have been did you say 2015 someone say yeah, 2015 2015, 2015 oh, okay yeah okay so 2015 and i i like that one because i was out in vegas at the time with work and i went scouring the very few shops you can actually find in las vegas anywhere near casinos and found a disney store with a whole stack of them so brought one of those back and they weigh they weigh a ton and the customs guy on the way back in america wanted to crack it open and open it up and, and check everything. It's like, mate, you open that up, that's not going back together again. Because the, the problem with them is they are just... I watched a, I watched one of these unboxing videos. It was really good, actually, on YouTube. <laughs> the guy nearly got a hammer out and smashed it to pieces because the bloody things just won't stand up. They are so heavy and the limbs are so spindly and every single joint on them is a, a, a ball joint and they cannot cope with the weight. And this thing just kept on bloody falling over. But they look fantastic. The the uh, they've got the the tone exactly right and the finish right. And the eyes, those those yellow reptilian eyes set within the sort of like scorched flesh, just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Love it. Twenty articulation on that. Oh, it's yeah. insane. It, they're not massive amounts, and the trouble is, and he showed it. It was, it was. I've got to say, it was a really good video. I don't normally watch on YouTube, but it was a really, really good one. Uh, and he was trying everything in all poses, and whatever pose he tried with the arms, they just flopped back down again. They could not. The the friction in the joints could not hold. And at one point, he put the lightsaber in, and the arm just dropped off. It had had enough at that point. It moved it three times straight out of the box, and it just dropped off. The, the other problem with them is the foot with the peg hole in uh, is his right foot and to get him to stand up you have to have Grievous in an upright position well that's not what he was like in the film was he? he was all punched over and sort of you know almost insectoids in his movements so it, it in that respect it it wasn't great but a hey, spotted super glue looked grand uh, and Craig well this is this is where we should compare notes isn't it before we come on because I was going to uh, wax lyrical about the Disney Elite series Grievous because I think he, he looks great. One of the better figures and very desirable and commands quite a price uh, these days. And um, I did um, I did some burlesque posters a few months ago uh, and was getting paid in a, uh, <laughs> in a Grievous Elite figure. So um, uh, John, who I designed the posters for, if you're listening, you still owe me a, a Grievous. So uh, as, a, as, a, as a backup, looking at this, this lineup, I, I think what, what jumps out to me, with special mention to the demise of Grievous with the plastic flames coming out of his eyes, which just uh, tickles me hugely, is the expanded universe uh, version in his fleshy incarnation as a Kalish warlord. Because thinking in story terms, he was, um, he was kind of proto-Vader, wasn't he? He was, uh, he, was, he was the story's cyborg and kind of teased that henchmen that we're keeping going to do evil deeds kind of trope that uh, that, that vader uh, took on so uh, that appeals to me in terms of its place in the, in the in the wider story yeah it's a strange figure that isn't it i've never seen that one before until i was looking at this i, I can't believe no one's um the prequels get a, a rough older uh, press really from people and their opinions on it but general grievous was one of the, i think was an amazing character 
was one of the the many things they got totally right in the prequels, and I love it. And I just always remember those um, Revenge of the Sith figures that had had the actions on it, and this had just that, didn't it? I think um, just trying to read here. What it did, yeah, you press the figure's head down, the right arm on unhook, you press the head again and the left arm would come out. A fun range, but you don't see many people uh, loving the, the, the Revenge of the Sith line anymore. I think if you go on eBay, you do. Grievous is an expensive figure, regardless of what one it is. All of them command a good price. I mean, even that Black Series one now is going for like 80 quid. It's only been out a year, sold out everywhere. 80 quid for that. See, I was going to choose the Black Series because, Stu, remember that brilliant scavenger hunt we did? Oh, that was great fun, wasn't it? That was amazing. You you failed to locate the Simpsons Darth Vader, which was a bit disappointing. <laughs> that was you, not me. <laughs> but it was excellent. And that's what I got as a prize. But, yeah, it is it is such a great figure. Such a great character. A bit disappointing it wasn't about long, really. He's lived on in memes, though, hasn't he? He crops up a lot on the internet with uh, <laughs> look at that. And that one with, um, you've seen the one where Kylo throws the lightsaber into the uh, into the sea and he, and he runs on after it to collect the lightsaber hilt. You also haven't <laughs> seen that. No, I've not seen no, that. I'll have to find that. Don't worry about it. It'd be in the enhanced version right here. I'm just looking at the old uh, Disney Elite. I didn't realise they um, made so many. I thought there was only, only Mate, about a dozen of them. You no, need no. to support the, the, the roof of your house That if you go and stick them in the loft. There must be half a tonne of scrap metal there. There's some real nice ones, isn't there? I, I prefer the droids, though. So some of the R2 units, the R5-D4 and the power droid, they suit that aesthetic, the, the die-cast effect, and they look really good. And I've got, I think I've got the R5-D4 in with my, some of my statues, the Kotobukiya stuff that I've got, and it, and it goes really well with some of that. The scale and that it's really good. That's why I think the Probot is going to outdo the the Black Series one potentially. It was really nice to see that back this morning. You know, I was like, oh, oh, that, you know, the line is not dead because it's been limping along, hasn't it? They they released those droids probably yes. last year. The repaints. Well, didn't they got to do a TC fourteen? Yep. Oh, fourteen. <laughs> yeah, I'm sold. I'm in. I bet you'll buy one of those before bed tonight. I didn't even know they did a power droid. I've just looked at it on eBay then. And I'll be honest, I'm a bit disappointed. Well, no, they look like two recycling bins stuck together and they're not even the right colour. But that's um, what it is, though, isn't it? Everyone gets excited about a power droid, but that's all it is. It's two no, crates stuck no, no, together no. and two feet sticking out the bottom. No, no, the power droid was a beautiful sculpt uh, and wonderful on the original Star Wars card. It's a beautiful, beautiful colour, great card colours. So to see this beige recycle bin in a beige box is just really quite depressing that's all i need is another line which i've never bought one off before you need <laughs> you need to focus you because i've got half a loft full and a boeing ceiling and uh <laughs> i need to offload them to you are these nice craig i'm going to ask you because simon and dan buy any old junk <laughs> they, they came out at the time like they were doing the the six inch black series for force awakening and i was looking at both and, and weighing them up and and for me like even the humans and they're, they're sort of slightly stylized faces but the faces were better you know they're not brilliant i thought they were really good and and i like the packaging i like i like the fact that they were basically clear, they're in clear boxes it's like a 360 view of the figures and, I, and i've kept them all intact so I, I really like them as a range and there's something about them i've said before like tin soldiers, you know, the, the fact that they're die-cast figures, they've, they've got that kind of real kind of tin soldiery feel. And I'm sure that's just a licensing thing that they, so they can make their own version of action figures um, out of a different material. But you know, I've, I, I've really rated it. I, I'm disappointed that they didn't continue it. I'm disappointed that I didn't get to have a, a set for Solo and a set for um, Rise of Skywalker. But, you know, to some degree, that's the certainly latter 
point is is the same with Hasbro, isn't it? You know, we don't have a range of Black Skywalker figures, so I, I like them. And, and, as, and as people have said, the droids particularly because they're metal, they feel right. Well, I've just bought two Disney Elite figures, so I will um, give you an update <laughs> next month. <laughs> Don't hang about D Stu. What did you get? What did you get? Um, K2SO. Good one. And let me just check because it came with K2, so it was the K2 <laughs> I was looking for, but it was uh, Bodhi, but it was K2 I was looking for. So yeah, I'll let you know next month what I think. I might well have ten if I really like it. So on a serious note, I think I did pick up a fair few when they were on clearance from Disney. So I might have a few duplicates. I have to find them first, mate. <laughs> it's a problem, isn't it, Si? It's a, it's a bit. Do of I believe people who are tidy. I don't know any. <laughs> well, I saw uh, Craig and uh, Mark's collections, mate, and uh, yeah, a bit they more were organised than us. Photoshops, mate. Don't you believe it? Anakin <laughs> Skywalker. I was expecting someone with your reputation to be a little older. General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. <coughs> Jedi scum. You have a job to do, Anakin. Try not to upset him. Let's let's close out for this month then. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with this year's exclusives. All the San Diego Comic Con stuff, if Celebration gets cancelled, I imagine there's a lot of exclusives that were planned for those and in production and we're ready to go out. So it'll be interesting to see how they're going to manage that this year. Probably be online. First come, first serve, wouldn't it? Yeah. If you want to contact us, you can email us at uh, generationskywalker at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter by searching Generation Skywalker. Uh, go to our website, www.generationskywalker.com, which has got links to all the shows, all the YouTube videos, um, all the blog posts. Everything's over there. And, of course, please, please go and subscribe on YouTube. Look us up, Generation Skywalker. We're starting to turn our shows into, into video format. Um, it's going to be all sorts on there. You're going to be able to see Craig customise a T-bow. <laughs> You're going to see Sai mending his pinball machine. So much going on. So, <laughs> Dreamer. Well worth going and subscribing and uh, supporting us, and we, we really would appreciate that. And also, if you are listening, if you could be so kind to go over to uh, Apple Podcasts and just leave us a review, any kind of review, preferably five-star. Don't be nasty. It doesn't do you any harm. That also goes a long way to helping us. But it is for this month. Let's have some goodbyes. Goodbye, Dan. See ya. Uh, Good night from Craig. Cheerio. Good night from Mark. Sayonara, lads. And it's good night from Simone. Until next time. And it is good night from me, and we are Generation Skywalker. Bye.